everyone. My name is Sophie McNamara, and I'm so excited to have you be joining me for the first ever episode of the Making Cool Stuff podcast. On this podcast, I interview people who have made stuff, and I ask them questions about their journey and processes and really just deep dive into what makes them unique as an individual and how do they express that into the world by making stuff. Today, I talked to Maxwell Bentley, who is the founder of Bentley Media. Bentley Media is a video marketing agency. You can find out more about Bentley Media by visiting weonlyfilmeverything.com. I was super excited to get to interview Maxwell, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. All right, so to start out, could you give a brief overview of who you are and what you do? Hey, my name is Maxwell Bentley from the Bentley Media Group here in Atlanta. We're online at weonlyfilmeverything.com. We are a full service video marketing agency. My goal with everybody I work with is to help people attract their dream clients by helping them create and launch high quality, high performing video marketing campaigns that tell real, authentic, relatable stories that their audiences resonate with and help them feel good about them before they make that first contact. Video and storytelling has been my love ever since I was a kid, ever since I was old enough to hold a camera. And now I'm at a happy place in life where I'm able to help people just do what I love, which is show up authentically on camera, craft the best version of their story, and just help them drive sales and win hearts through video. That's awesome, Maxwell. I'm interested to learn more about, you said something about how video has been what you've loved since you were a kid. Could you talk more about how you first started liking video and what you did with video when you were a kid? Oh yeah, I'll take you back to 1999 when we all thought the world was gonna end, except I was five years old and I didn't care because I was running around with a giant camera all the time. And I just had this tendency to film whatever was going on in front of me whether it was fireworks on the 4th of July or my parents arguing or a whole bunch of toys that I had set up. I was always filming everything. And it was a phase that I never grew out of and a fascination that just persisted. My first ever baseball game, I wasn't even paying attention to the game because I was so busy watching the cameras around the stadium. And then when TiVo came out or when television DVRs came out, when you can pause, rewind TV shows, I started noticing TV mistakes and movie editing mistakes. And so I would grab the remote and I would show my parents like, hey, Jack Nicholson's cigarette and that shot was longer than the last shot. Like there's no continuity. And so I always knew that I had eyes and ears that were built for film. And over the years, it has evolved into my full-time gig, which I couldn't be happier about. Do you ever look back at any of those old videos you shot, like you're talking about the 4th of July or anything like that? Oh, yeah. I had a few of those. Let's see. The funny thing is I don't even have anything that will play at videotape anymore. So I had to, I found a bunch of videotapes and I sent them off and it really took me back. I was like, wow, that was a long time ago. That was the early days of Maxwell. (laughs) (laughs) And so Um, I digitized them, but yeah, I have. And it's, it's interesting to look back at those. Do you find that anything you sort of, you talked about 
um, noticing that the cigarette was shorter in the in one shot and then longer in the next shot, do you find anything else that you're sort of that you learned as a kid about video that you apply now? So the it's funny that you mentioned that because nowadays when I edit, every frame has to be right. And I notice everything. I notice things that my clients will never notice in a million years. And so what I've learned is that getting everything exactly perfect is not always necessary because there is authenticity in being yourself, whether you're recording yourself being on camera or you're recording and editing a social media spot for your business, unless you're running a commercial for a Super Bowl, you know, it doesn't, everything doesn't always have to be perfect. But you asked specifically, what else did I learn when I was a child? That storytelling, I actually learned that storytelling is about emotions. It's not about, and especially when it, as it pertains to marketing videos and commercials, being salesy doesn't work. What you should rather do is tell a story, tell a story that consists of relatable emotions. And I found that whenever I would submit homework assignments in middle school and high school, and I would submit opt-in to submit videos instead of writing an essay, if I ever had a choice, that's always what I would do, is that the ones that would tell a story would resonate better with my classmates rather than the ones that were just doing the work. It's kind of the, the way you can actually make all the information you're trying to convey actually makes sense to someone else who doesn't know about the whole background of a business, I feel like, is you've got to put it into a story so that they can actually consume the information and connect to it with the emotion. Storytelling is something that we've done ever since the caveman days. It's something that has persisted for thousands and thousands of years. And now when you look at video and you look at film, it's the most powerful way to tell a story because it is, you, you have the music, you have the visuals. And when you're watching a video, whether it's on your computer or on your phone, and it's this close to you, you actually trick your brain into thinking whatever's happening on screen is happening right in front of you. And so that's why you see, you watch a movie that makes you cry. It's because you identify with what's going on or you watch a commercial and you, you feel chills, like you feel a bit of joy, you feel a bit of happiness. It's because they are creating relatable feelings. They're showing relatable feelings on screen and they're pairing that with music. They're pairing that with a sincere voiceover or narration or a story. And it's, it's beautiful how it all works together as long as you do it righteously. And rather than to manipulate or to trick, if you use these tools righteously, you can make an impact. You can add a zero to a small business's revenue. You can raise awareness for a nonprofit. There's a lot that you can do with it. And so I've always maintained that it's a very powerful tool and it is always based around story. Storytelling is super powerful. And I agree, it's so, it's important to make sure that you're using storytelling in a way that you're using it with integrity because it is such a powerful thing. 
Um, so kind of going off of that, you mentioned storytelling can bring in more business for a small business. Could you talk about how you approach helping people who might not be as used to telling their own story or comfortable on camera? How do you approach sort of helping them know how to talk about themselves, talk about what they do? Sure. I'll answer your question by sharing an example. So I had a local humane society here in Georgia contact me a few years back. This was before the pandemic. And they said, hey, we want to do a promo video for our shelter just to raise awareness for it. And the idea that they had in mind was pretty traditional. And if you think about promotional videos, they tend to have a kind of a templated cookie cutter feel to them sometimes. And that's what they had in mind. And I ended up coming back to them and saying, what if we took that idea and expanded upon it and really dug into your organization and found a story, a really amazing, really exceptional story, and then tell that story on camera? And they said, yeah. I said, okay, well, you've got some homework. You've got to find a volunteer <laughs> or a story about an animal or something that is really amazing, really, you know, turns heads and come back to me in a week and we'll talk about it. And so they did. And they ended up finding a couple of volunteers, a couple who had volunteered to foster over a thousand dogs over a six year time frame. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so <laughs> as soon as I heard that, um, I was shaking. I was like, you have got to do whatever it takes to get these people to be on camera because that is your story. And literally days later, we were at their home. We were filming a short video, story video of them. We got swarmed by puppies like five or six times, which was <laughs> awesome. And we ended up putting together a really solid, really punchy two minute spot that they released onto their Facebook page it got 10,000 views overnight, hundreds of likes, hundreds of comments. And the beautiful thing about the whole thing was anybody who was watching that video was being marketed to without even feeling like they were being marketed to because they were watching this story. They were talking about the Humane Society and its impact. And to be fair, puppies make it easy, <laughs> but the that's just an example. Sometimes it takes the eyes and ears of an outside agency to really help you come in and find those stories and articulate them in such a way that it's going to further your business goal or your marketing goal. And their goal is awareness. And I knew the video was going to go viral. I didn't tell them that because that's a promise that I, I wouldn't be able to keep. I can't 100% guarantee that anything is going to go viral. But what I, what I was able to do is set them up with something that I know would position them to go viral. This is something that could go viral and it has happened. And so finding, when you're thinking about your own marketing videos, whether it's for your own business or your organization or your nonprofit, think about something that'll make somebody say, wow, or think about a really cool client success story that you have or a testimonial because oftentimes those are a lot more powerful when you hear it from somebody else other than you. That's amazing that that couple had taken in so many 
fostered so many dogs. That <laughs> just seems like so many. Like, um, even yeah. even fostering like a dozen dogs seems like it would be an amazing number. But to have a thousand, that's amazing. Well, for context, they live in this massive house here in the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia, and they when we were there, they had about 50 puppies at the time that we were there. And so <laughs> my goodness. they had a pretty crazy turnover and they were, they were the nicest people though. And I said, this is really awesome what you're doing. And the, the husband was like, well, it's crazy actually. I mean, nobody in their <laughs> right mind should be doing this, but they're retired and they just absolutely love what they do. And that came through so nicely on camera. It's nice to have people who are energetic and excited and have some strong emotions around what they do, whether it's positive or vulnerable, because both of those come through on camera and they end up resonating with the viewer. And that's ultimately what they want, what we want. And because those emotions, the video triggers emotions and the emotions end up triggering actions, whether it's inspiring a conversation with a small business owner or inspiring someone to volunteer with a nonprofit, the emotions trigger those actions. Anytime when you can have someone who's passionate about what they do and then can convey that passion about what they do on camera, I feel like that's great because you kind of, as a customer, you want to work with um, people who are passionate about what they do and like go above and beyond. And so it all kind yeah. of connects through. Do you have any, any, um, like specific things you do sort of to walk, walk, like you talked about the, um, humane society and them coming up with them wanting kind of a, uh, like classic in the box solution and you saying, well, we should find like a really great story. Could you talk about like what the process is like kind of talking the client through figuring out how to find, um, testimonials and that sort of thing, or stories of people who their um, organization is connected to? So oftentimes when clients contact us or prospects contact us, they have two things in mind. They have a business or a marketing goal, and then they have what they think is a solution that would lead them to that goal. And so it starts with a series of conversations in a discovery period, as we call it. And that's where I ask them all kinds of questions about their business, what they stand for, what they believe in how they want people to feel about them, what kind of target customers, what kind of people they're looking to target, who their best clients are, things like that. And I really dig in and learn more about their business. And then as I'm exploring their goal, I am formulating ideas about uh, maybe a video series or a certain type of video that has a certain look and a certain feel to it. and if it's in line with their vision, then that's great. We just confirm their vision and say, let's do it, man. If it's not, then I say, are you open to feedback? Are you open to exploring in a new direction? And they always say yes, because that's what we get hired for. And that's how those moments happen, those creative moments. It, it's all about conversation. It's all about discovery. And it's about asking the right questions and making sure that your vision aligns with theirs. And if it doesn't, then doing some education on your part saying, hey, you know, this is why I think we should go in this, this direction and this is why X, Y, and Z. 
and then maybe show a case study or a similar example video to go along with that. But I mean, it's all part of the fun. It's any creative business, any entrepreneur, creative entrepreneur has a similar process. There's a discovery phase that is absolutely critical to any sort of creative work, especially when it's being used as a marketing piece. Because when you are representing somebody else's brand, you, you, you don't have room to miss the mark. You really, really, really don't. And so taking extra steps at the beginning to make sure you've got the right tra trajectory and that everybody's on the same page. And then after that, having multiple touch points with your client along the way, along the process of production saying, hey, we've picked out three music tracks that we feel best align with your brand. Option number one is our best pick, but I'd like to hear what you think about that one and the others. And then casting the voiceover, showing them how the voiceover sounds with the music and then pairing that with some footage and giving them little touch points and saying, hey, this is how it's coming. Do you feel that this is in line with your brand in line with your goals? And our clients always appreciate that because if there's something that's ever not in line, I want to find that out early so that we don't go through an entire production and then, you know, you miss the mark. Like that's, that's not how we want to do things. It's kind of a matter of having that back and forth so that you can be aligned again and again and kind of both be learning from each other about what the business does and then they're learning from someone like you about kind of how to best convey what the business does in a way that's going to be engaging and not just sort of factual or factual but engaging you talked about how or you talked about the importance of asking good questions do you have any good questions that you like to ask like right at the beginning when you're first meeting a prospect I love to ask, how do you define success? Well, that's kind of a broad question. I like to say, how do you define success in terms of this video project? <laughs> and the answer is always either we need to drive sales or we need to drive engagement. And the sometimes it's both. And so when somebody says, I need to drive engagement, it's a social media spot with the puppies, like I talked about earlier. When it's I need to drive sales, then it's going to be a 30 to 90 second spot that is suitable for running a targeted ad campaign on YouTube, Facebook, or even a place like Hulu, that where we have very specific targeting functionality to where we can put the video in front of people of a certain demographic of a certain income and a certain area with certain interests that would allow us to put a, this business's message in front of them with a really good story, a really good call to action. And so that's always one of the questions that I ask beyond the normal getting to know you type questions. That, and I love to ask if there's any similar examples of videos that they've seen that they like to mimic the style of and anything else that would be helpful to me in the production process. But ultimately the most important one is how they define success. How do they define a successful campaign and what they're looking to get out of their video marketing project. Do you ever have clients who are, who come to you or prospects who come to you and they aren't sure what that definition of success is for them? Yes. And 
they do not become a client until they're able to answer that question. Mm-hmm. They really need three things. They need a goal, they need an engaged audience, and they already need to have a pretty solid brand. Once they have those three things in place, then I feel comfortable working with them. Because if we start working on a project and they don't really have a goal in mind, it's like turning on a cruise ship and just letting the whole thing run and without destination. So (laughs) that's not what I want for anybody that I work with. It kind of goes back to making sure you're both aligned in terms of they have a clear, you both have a clear objective of what the project is going to be and what it's going to do. Could you talk more about um, the second two qualifications you talked about in terms of having an established brand and having an engaged audience? So I'll speak to the first one first. That's the having that brand, having that brand story, the logo, the colors, the core values. That's important because that's that needs to be conveyed in a story video. If the brand has not been developed yet or it's still being developed, oftentimes I will defer production of the video until that brand is in place. Because as a brand is, if a brand is still being set up or if it's still evolving, if it's too much, if, if it's in too much of an evolutionary phase, like if it's like just getting started and the key decision makers don't quite know what they want their message to be, then what will end up happening is if we do move forward with the video is we'll have a message, but six months from now, it'll be the wrong message because they want to take it in another direction. And so that's why having that brand piece is important. And the other piece is having an engaged audience, at least having an email list or having a social media following. And it doesn't mean having a big social media following. It just means that you have a group of people who you can put your video in front of, whether it's via email or on your website or on social media. Because if you don't have an audience, if you don't have anything, even if it's, even if it's just 10 to 15 or 20 people, if you don't have anything, then you won't have a really good way to test your video and get it in front of people without running a targeted ad campaign. And so it's good to have some already some existing interest in your business and having some having an audience already before you invest with a marketing a video marketing partner to get that video for those reasons they don't want to have this video made and then have it no longer be usable in six months because they've, because things have changed. And then on the um, engagement level, it makes a lot of sense that even it's not even necessarily, like you said, a matter of the scale of that engagement. It just needs to be some people who they kind of already have that channel open where they can get the video in front of people and start really using the video and testing it. And I should clarify that brands are always evolving. They are the visions, the goals, the core values that is always going to evolve through every business. But as they evolve, there needs to be a clear message and a clear direction at different milestones in the business. 
And what I need is that clear direction. If that clear message is not there, then it's not the best time to do a video. And that's so that's, I felt like I needed to clarify that because brands are always involved. But I need as a partner, as a video marketing partner, I need to have that core message. And I need to make sure that's, that's the message they want to convey in producing the video. And then that's not going to change in three weeks. Yeah, that's a good clarification because obviously we wouldn't want businesses to all be stagnant and stay the same because then we would have no economy or growth and that would not be helpful. Could you talk about maybe, so I guess like general general lessons during your journey or specifically what's kind of how you came to those three benchmarks? Yeah, yeah. I'll share some lessons that I've learned. There's really three that come to mind. One is if you're a client-based video producer or whatever that you do, if you're a service-based entrepreneur or a product-based entrepreneur, it is absolutely critical that you understand who your target clients are, who your buyers are, what they feel, what their dreams are, what their fears are, and what they've experienced with other people in your industry. Because when you understand what their common objections are or what their fears are, then that puts you in a position to really connect with them and say, hey, I understand you. And that comes through in your conversations. It comes through in the marketing materials that you put out and the social media posts that you write about because you start becoming very relevant when you speak the truth about something that your market is going through. So definitely take time to interview your clients about their experiences with other videographers and just really ask them, you know, how did you feel at this point? How did you feel when the video was delivered? Because the more you understand that, the better off you'll be in business. The second thing I've learned is to, it plays onto the first one and it's be relational. Don't be transactional. Don't go into every conversation or every networking event or every social media post with a sales pitch because people can smell it a mile away and Oftentimes it's pretty off-putting. Rather, if you go into a networking event or write a, a social media post and just be yourself and tell a story and be willing to be vulnerable, that'll create a much bigger connection than any sales pitch or call to action. And that's ultimately what I'm helping clients do through video is tell that story. But the third thing is really pertains to business. And it's always have a signature and a deposit before you do any sort of work. And I had to learn that the hard way because my first couple of years into business, sometimes I would collect a deposit, sometimes I wouldn't, sometimes I would have them sign an agreement, sometimes I wouldn't. And there was one gig I had where when I was just getting started, I didn't collect a deposit or a signature and didn't even discuss budget. I don't know how I let it happen, but we just went right into production. And when I sent them an invoice afterwards, they scoffed and said, we were not expecting to pay this much. And 
I'm just like, oh, great. And so everything ended up working out, but it was really very embarrassing. It was a very embarrassing moment for me in business. And I've never let that happen again, ever. But with that, I highly recommend having a business mentor or somebody who can, a coach, or somebody that you can talk to when weird things like that happen so that you at least have some guidance on what to say and how to, how to deal with the situation. Because I found myself in many situations where I didn't really know what to do. I was just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall. And so definitely get yourself a mentor. If you have access to one, be relational, don't be transactional. And oh crap, what was the first thing? <laughs> um, knowing your target clients. Yes, yes. One of the most important, know who your customer is, 100%. Putting the relationship first and not not just trying to get like a sale, kind of putting the sale like after the relationship. And I feel like, at least for me, um, kind of like with the projects I've done so far, I really like getting to meet people and just kind of talk to them and like learn more about them and kind of their mindset. And I feel like that's kind of the fun part and getting to like work with different people on creative stuff. That's kind of the fun part. When you put sort of the more like business transactional stuff ahead of that, you're kind of missing out on the real like meat of things in some ways. Um, and then the third thing I've <laughs> definitely with the first few um, projects I've done, I've definitely run into sort of similar situations to what you're talking about. You kind of like have to learn by like doing and like making mistakes. There's definitely been situations for me where it's just like, Oh wow, I I don't know I don't know how to <laughs> how to do this. I'm just gonna have to like try something. Could you maybe talk about a little bit sort of what it's like in those moments, like emotionally, when you're like maybe when you were younger, like just sort of knowing that you've got to do something, having the situation already in your lap that you didn't even know was a situation that might come up, and you're in the moment and you've got to figure something out. What is that? What was that like for you emotionally? Stressful as hell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, we all have those moments where your heart is, you're getting heart palpitations and your lower back is sweating and you're just like, what the hell do I do? You've got a client on the phone. It's like, what do you do? And I find that listening to my gut is important because my gut knows more than I do. And when I tap into that and tap into that intuition, that oftentimes I'll, I'll find, you know, a direction to head in that is appropriate for the situation. And for example, if it's a situation where a client asks us, asks us to do something that is not necessarily something we've done before, I'll say that. I will tell our client that. I'm like, you know, this is pretty new to us. I'm willing to give it a shot, but I wanted to let you know as my client that you know this doesn't this isn't necessarily something we have experience in, but we can do our we will certainly do our best. And we've been in similar, we've done similar video projects to it in the past. So I have no doubt we'll be able to do a good job for you. Something like that, if it's that simple. Or especially in video, you're going to be in situations where you are on set and the camera's not working like, you're, like it's supposed to. And it's like, okay, like what's, what are we supposed to do here? 
And maybe it's as simple as saying, okay, we're going to collect voiceover first. We're going to go get drone shots first, and then we're going to diagnose the camera at the same time and get that working so that we can get back to the schedule. You always find those situations, but if you have, it goes back to having a mentor, or if you have a Facebook group or a community that you're a part of where you can go on and gather opinions from people who have been in your shoes, that's helpful. And, but in terms of what it's like, yeah, it, it can be stressful, it can be frustrating, it can be embarrassing, it can trigger imposter syndrome. I mean, it can do all kinds of crazy things internally, but as long as you recognize those emotions, appreciate them for what they are, and then just let them go and focus on the task and focusing on the project, then, I mean, you'll be okay. As long as you, you're able to think on your feet, you'll learn how to think on your feet, you'll learn how to come up with those quick solutions. And even if you're in a situation where you really don't know what to do, then you're able to ask people. Be, find somebody, even if it's a family member, just somebody to get ideas and opinions off of. That way you at least have a starting point to go off of. Yeah, I feel like that's so helpful just to get a second set of eyes on something. I feel like there's so much, any one person is going to have so many different blind spots. And especially when you're like freaked out about something, I feel like just having a second set of eyes on something can be like, oh, okay, this makes it all, this makes the whole situation much more, make much more sense. And now I like know what to say about different things and everything like that. There's no way sometimes to prepare for, prepare for those like stressful and difficult moments. Just like getting through them and learning from them is what what like life is all about in general. Um, all right, so one final question would be, or kind of like for a younger version of yourself when you're just starting out, like what would be advice about, this might be similar to what we just talked about, um, but kind of advice about how, how to be ready for your business to evolve over time? I love this question and Whenever I give speaking gigs or I'm up on stage or something, my re response was always follow your dreams, chase your heart, chase your imagination. And yeah, that's nice to hear, but what does that actually mean? And so I asked myself that question, like, what the hell does that really mean? And the best answer that I can come up with is get yourself out of your comfort zone as much as you can and do that in different ways in different areas of your life whenever i go to a like a, a round table event or a networking event and then there's a speaker i always make it a point to stand up and ask a question or if i am running i try to run a little bit more than the day before or if it's raining outside, I will actually make myself run in the rain because it's challenging and it's very difficult. And it's also something that nobody else on the block is doing. <laughs> and that's yeah. how you are, that, by activating yourself in that way, it carries over to your business side as an entrepreneur because you'll be yourself to go against the grain and try new things and roll the dice so to speak in strategic calculated smart ways as you grow your business and try new things 
because if you start up an agency and you're totally like we talked about if we were totally complacent if we didn't evolve and we just did the same thing over and over and over again i wouldn't be where i am you wouldn't be where you are and there's no growth there there's no opportunity there there's no there isn't an increase of revenue that comes with being stagnant and so as you're facing growing a business or growing a your freelancing enterprise, always make sure you're finding ways to get exit your comfort zone, whether it's large, whether it's small, whether it's getting up earlier, trying to get up early without coffee, you know, what, whatever that means to you, always be doing that because that's how you grow. Yeah, I really like that. I feel like that's a way, that's something that can apply no matter what stage you're at or keep applying again and again, because obviously as you push yourself out of your comfort zone, there's always more, there's always more you can push yourself out of your comfort zone. So that can really apply no matter like what day it is, <laughs> you can do that every day. Right. Um, right. And I also like to run and I feel like you notice, especially like this time of year where I live, you'll have like one day where it's like 65 degrees and they'll be, it's like, wow, suddenly there's like, more people who live in this neighborhood than, than I would have thought like all winter because it's, it's suddenly like, oh my gosh, everyone is outside. But yeah, I really like that. I like, I like the pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Um, and yeah, so that's really all I had. I definitely appreciate so much you taking the time to do this interview and yeah, thank you. It's been great to learn about, learn more about what you do and just kind of get that advice about handling the more difficult situations, handling figuring out whether a prospect is qualified and everything we talked about uh, with storytelling and like how powerful of a tool it is and how exciting and fun it can be and everything like that. So yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been super fun. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on Sophie. And for anybody who's listening, if you're in a situation where you're starting a business or you're going down a creative endeavor, and you just need somebody to bounce ideas off of, you're welcome to get connected with me on LinkedIn, Maxwell Bentley. You're welcome to stalk me and uh, send me a message. Uh, I'd be very happy to chat with you. All right. Thank you so much for joining us for the first episode of the Making Cool Stuff podcast. I can't wait to make more episodes, talk to more interesting people, and have you guys, the listeners, join me for more episodes. Um, if you'd like to leave a review, I know that's something that people say at the end of podcasts. Please feel free to do that. If you liked the podcast or if you didn't like the podcast, you can maybe send me an email at sophiemcnamara at gmail.com. I'd love to connect. You can also find out more about me and what I do by visiting my website, sophiemcnamara.com, or checking me out on Instagram at McNamaraSophie, or on YouTube at sophiemcnamara. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. I am super happy that you have listened to the very, very end. And again, I am super excited for you to leave a review if it's a happy one. <laughs> Just kidding. You can do whatever you want.